0: The purpose of God's abundance. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. If you remember the purpose, the purpose of the abundance of God, the purpose that God supplies an abundance is not just selfish indulgent. I'm going to do a little bit of repeating and a little bit of review, but I do believe that the Lord enjoys seeing us enjoy his blessing. I believe it makes him happy the same way when we give a gift to our children, how we enjoy to see a happy response and how it makes us happy. But it says here that he's going to give us an abundant for something. For every good work. There's a reason for the abundance. And you know what? I don't know if you've caught this before, but there's a need for the abundance. We need the abundance for every good work. The purpose of abundance is that we would be able to do everything that God asks us to do with complete sufficiency. My mind is racing. I, I really feel that, like the presence of the Lord is here tonight. And I don't always want to go off on tangents, but do you remember when Peter and Phoebe were here? Peter and Phoebe Sozi, if you're new to our church, there are um, Africans from Uganda that come a couple times a year. And it's a it's a ministry that we support. They're, they have uh, 700 or so children in a school and also uh, lead an orphanage, also plant church. We've plant churches. We've planted a church there. I've preached in that church. But do you remember one time Peter came and talked about when God, when the Lord did miracles through man, he always did it through what they already had. It was never anything that they didn't have. It was, what what do you have? Well, I got a stick. Okay, well, take that stick and throw it in the bitter pool. It's always what he had. What do you have? We need to feed 5,000. Well, what do you have? Well, I've got couple fish and some bread it's enough but he uses what what he provides for us and out of his provision can he do his miracles we need the abundance to do every good work but do you remember what what kind of we've been focusing on one specific good work that we've been talking about is so that we can build God a dwelling place part of his part of his reasoning for abundance that we're going to see, is to build him a dwelling place. Last time we looked at the tabernacle of Moses. You remember how elaborate it was? And how God through the Israelites plundered the Egyptians to get all the provision that would be needed to build the tabernacle of Moses. God provided out of God's provision. They gave, didn't have to give it all, but there was enough. There was more than enough. Do you remember it said that there was so much that he had to say, stop giving. Stop giving. Do y'all remember from last week? Somebody go tell the people out front, quit bringing stuff because we've got enough. And then it actually said too much. That's my God. That's my God. And it was out of deliverance that the abundance came out of deliverance. Uh, Tammy Jackson and I have been talking and, and John about deliverance and how abundance flows from deliverance. You may be battling something right now and need deliverance. And what you don't always realize is there's blessing coming with that deliverance. That's good. You know, what? even says that through trials produces patience, produces character, produces hope. The trials produces the abundance. How many needs hope? Out of hope, out of trials comes hope. You come through it and you think, well, I got through that. The Lord helped me there. I can't believe it. The Lord helped me. Maybe he'll help me through my next thing. So a dwelling place, the purpose of God from the purpose of God from creation onward has been to dwell with man. God has wanted to dwell with us. We so many taught, we so often talk that the ultimate for us is to get to heaven. But as you read the Bible, we find that the ultimate is to get to heaven to earth. It's what we're what's what we're trying when we worship is to is to allow the the windows of heaven to open up and come down into our into the sanctuary. We desire heaven to come to earth and so does God on earth as it is in heaven. Two historical examples I've already mentioned one the tabernacle of Moses the other one is the temple of Solomon. And in each case, God provided the need, God provided the abundance in advance. In advance, so that out of their abundance, they might return to him all that would be needed to build what he desired that was suitable to his glory. And do you remember, he gave specific instructions. He did not leave man to make any decision. I want this, I want it to look exactly like this, and I want it to set right here. It needs to be made out of this fabric, this color. Needs to have these many rings. It needs to be put exactly in this spot. I love specific instruction. Not everybody likes that I do. What are my boundaries? Where can I fudge a little? Let's go. There's freedom. There's freedom when we know what what he's what he's said to do. There's freedom in the Word of God. Everybody thinks there's not freedom. That there's chains. No, it's just the opposite. There's freedom. And you know what? Everything that the Lord said to put in the t- in the tabernacle was immaculate. It was extravagant. God loves extravagant. When the, the alabaster, the, when the oil was poured out, when the perfume was poured out onto Jesus, it was extravagant. And man thought... Look what she's done. She could have sold that and made all kinds of money. You know who was saying that? The treasurer. What did Jesus say? No. Let her do it. And what no one knew is that she was preparing him for burial. She was anointing him. She was worshiping him. She was giving. I pour out my heart. I pour out my life. We just saying it. Extravagant worship. Total surrender. Nothing cheap, nothing shoddy in what God required for his dwelling place. Now, let's look at the tabernacle of Solomon. And then, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to warn you. But we're going to apply this eventually to where we are today. David. David is first presented in Scripture as being this humble shepherd. The youngest son... In a family of little wealth, out on the rocky mountains of Judah, looking after his family's sheep. In fact, when Samuel came, he thought, God, that one must be the one. No, not him. They kept walking by. Not him. Not him. Boy, it must be him. He looks good. Nope. Do you have any more kids? Yeah, I got somebody out in the field, tending sheep. That little scrawny thing. But by the end of David's life, he deposed of an equivalent of millions of dollars toward this uh, temple. Before his death, he bequeathed to the house of God, to the temple of Solomon that was to be built, an equivalent of about $100 million of his private fortune. And I'm going to give you some scripture. We're going to go look at this. Now, this came from a poor shepherd, Right? One significant realization that we need to make during the reign of David is that during, while David was king, there was a huge increase of wealth on the nation of Israel. You know, I don't know how we can calculate it, but the gross national product of Israel must have multiplied a hundred times over. And what had been this poor, struggling nation making its living out of agriculture, out of cattle and sheep, became this fantastically wealthy nation by the end of David's reign. And there was no accident. Israel's wealth was partly the blessing that God had upon David. You know, Scripture said that David was a man after God's own heart. But apart from that, God had a further purpose. At the end of God's reign, God was then ready for the construction of the temple of Solomon. Again, God's goal was a dwelling place where he could be among his people. I believe that I believe that David's heart I believe where the presence of the Lord is, there's is blessing. And do you remember about David when he became king, the first thing he did, or one of the absolute first things he did, was say, where's the ark? Stop everything. Where's the ark? Now, in the world since, there was no real gain from it. But this was a man after God's own heart. He's been out worshiping the Lord, writing the Psalms, worshiping God, seeing God come through for him, and he says, Stop, this nation's not going forward until we have the presence of God. Church, that's where we need to be. We are not going forward until we have the presence of God. What are we doing? Spinning our wheels like a duck that's just moving his legs just as fast as he can and not moving. You ever seen a duck try to move try to go against the wind, a hard wind? Their legs are moving, but they're just they're just not moving. You know an airplane, these little single-engine airplanes can turn into the wind if there's like a 100-mile-an-hour wind and actually fly backwards? I've seen it done before. They're going this direction, but they're literally going backwards. That's a plane without a purpose. You can be doing 70 miles an hour, but the wind's blowing you 100. Your your airspeed's still 70, but your ground speed's negative 30. Are, are y'all with me? You, do you feel like that's the way your life's going? You are running like a mouse in a, in a wheel, but you're not going anywhere. David said, we're not going any farther until we have the presence of the Lord. And look at where that nation went from when he took it until the time that he died. Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 2. This is starting to describe the temple of Solomon. And it is so elaborate. This, the, the words that they use here is just is amazing. I want you to catch this right here. Now for the house of my God, I've prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, bronze iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Catch that in abundance. Can you allow your, your imagination to wander just a little bit? Sparkling gold, silver. It said for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. He has prepared gold. He has prepared silver. He has prepared wood, bronze, Did you catch that? House of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold, silver, bronze, wood. The closing words of David says abundance. It sums up the provision made in the temple just as it summed up the provision made for the tabernacle. Abundance is the level of provision that that God always makes for his people. And he's never stingy about it. God is a God of abundance. And out of his personal fortune, David provided a huge equivalent of gold. And that doesn't include the silver. But let's look. The leaders also gave to this. Just a few verses later. First Chronicles 29, 6. Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, over, over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God, 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Now, I'm not here to, to, to go into tithing again, but I want you to catch. These are the leaders. The kings given in, given to this program, the leaders have given. And it said that they had given willingly. Everybody say willingly. That's big. According to my calculation, the figures here... Surpass 125 million dollars worth of gold between them. David and the elders gave an equivalent equivalent of 200 million of gold out of their own private fortunes, and this is apart from uh, silver and onyx and bronze and wood and marble. And this is back in back in ancient days. Can you imagine someone wanting to build something like this for that kind of money and what kind of uh, resistance they would get? This here, this here in in, uh, this upsurge of the economy of Israel. Now I want you to catch this. David, this little shepherd boy, came from nothing to everything. And it says it took about 70 years. I believe God is doing a work today that parallels what he did for Israel in the days of David. Because God has a purpose. What is that purpose? It's a dwelling place. He wants to dwell with man. And he is very precise about the specifications of his dwelling place. He is not stingy. Now, let's let's take this just one more step farther. 1 Corinthians... Chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to tie this all together. Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. And then Peter says very similarly in 1 Peter 2. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood. This is what God's trying to do today. We're not talking about these big elaborate buildings and that sort of thing. We are the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need an abundance? To reach the lost. And can I tell you, reaching the lost is expensive. But God will never require us to do anything that he won't provide the resources to do it. He won't just provide the resources. He'll provide an abundance. God's provision that's needed for this dwelling place is is, uh, revealed to us in Haggai, chapter 2, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts once more... I will shake once more. And it's a little while. I will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and dry land. And I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all. This word desire. Is wealth. They shall come to the wealth of all nations, to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. What temple? God's dwelling place, which is us. Is the the world being shaken? Look at Japan. I mean, they said today that the drinking water is not safe for children. Nuclear meltdowns. We see earthquakes. We're seeing tsunamis. We're seeing war. Go and read Revelation. But what does it say in those days? I will shake heaven and earth and the sea and dry land. Now I'll shake nations, and they shall come to the wealth of all nations, and I will fill the temple with glory. When all the shaking's going on, God's gonna fill the temple. We sang tonight if my God is for me, who can be against me? The world may go to hell in a handbasket, but not me. Not the church. Can you see that we need God's abundance? We need to be believing for God's uh, provision so that we can accomplish everything that he is setting us to do. As a church, as a people. You may say, well, pastor, you ta-, he's talking about a temple. He's talking about the te- a literal temple. No, you know what? That temple perished in war, not a stone stands anymore. It refers to the dwelling place of God at the close of this age. What's the dwelling place of God at the close of the age? You, me, His people, His completed church, His body. The Lord promises that for the purpose of uh, the purpose of building the dwelling, the wealth of all nations will come. The need that we have to reach all nations, the the wealth will come. Let's keep going. I'm going to go just a little bit late. I'm not going to go too late. Hang in there with me. But I want to finish. I've already said that. Isaiah 6. Stay with me. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Something that I left out is Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. It says the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. All. It says that Jesus is the the heir and we are co-heirs with Christ. To what? To what is rightfully his? It says in scripture, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. I believe that the wealth of the world is going to be turned to God's children. Why? To help us save, to get as many people as we can get. Not for us to go out and buy a bunch of junk. But to save Africa, to save America, to save all good. There's a direct connection between the revelation of God's glory and the wealth of the nation's. God's purpose is to have a dwelling place suited to his glory. Why will we need this wealth? So we can complete the dwelling place of God, which is made up of living stones. You know what living stones are? Us. There are millions of people still on this earth that have never heard the gospel preached. And you know what? It's not just money. It may be you that needs to go. I don't mean leave the church, I mean go to Africa, go to Japan, go to China. It's got to get there somehow, and they don't have internet or TV. You've got to ride a Boda Boda. Anybody know what a Boda Boda is? It's a motorcycle. It's a crazy motorcycle. Praise God, I never had to get on one of those, and we were supposed to. We had it scheduled, and the Lord delivered us from that. Instead, our team rode uh, ostriches, which I didn't do either. I got pictures. But I want to encourage you. The Lord wants to bless you for a purpose. We are not under a spirit of poverty. We're not under the curse of poverty. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins paid the price, became the curse that we wouldn't have to endure that. And part of that includes poverty. God wants to bless you, and he wants to bless you financially for a reason. To build his dwelling place. To increase his dwelling place. To reach the lost. You remember what we're shooting for in about four weeks is Easter. Let's be praying, and let's fish. That sounded funny, even when I said it, praying. It almost sounds like an animal that preys on another one. No, but you know, we need to pick them out and go, go get them. Have you ever gone fishing looking for that one fish or go hunting looking for that one big buck that's got, that's ten-pointer that you've heard about? Who are you working with that needs the Lord? Go get them. Go get them. Church, don't just hang on to what you get in this place, what you get from the, the Spirit of the Lord. You have got to release it. You need to release it out of your mouth. Pastor, why do I need to release it out of my mouth? Because that's where the deliverance is. That's where the victory is. It's going to come out of your mouth. You've got to be filled with the Spirit and start to speak it out. And when we speak it out by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, do we overcome Satan? Speak it out. God wants to bless you. And I've I've cut cut a bunch of corners tonight, but I've finished. So praise the Lord. We've been in this for a good eight or so weeks, and it's always good to finish. We all stand up with me and let's pray together. Thank you for letting me keep you. I've kept you ten minutes ten minutes late tonight. So put it on my tab. Father, I just thank you for your abundance. I thank you that you are a God of abundance. That you you are that that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask father i ask for the lost lord i ask for the lost of our community lord your word says if you'll just ask for the nations i'll give them to you lord as john as uh uh, john owens prayed we pray for the nation of israel lord we ask you to give them victory lord let your spirit be upon them lord your power be there but Lord I ask for all good and for Cookville Lord for us to have a a salvation revival Lord there are so many things that I want but Lord I desire what your word says and that is for the word to go out to all nations Lord help us help us to reach our work help us to reach our city Help us to reach our family. Just praise you, Lord, and I just ask you for mercy and courage and grace and favor. Lord, let us get one and get a little bit of victory in our mouth and get ready for the next one. Lord, I pray specifically for one this week. Everyone here, if we could save one person, just this small group right here, this week, we could have our city very quickly. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Just ask you to bless the youth, bless the children, or bless our church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of the week.